Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. Do we have time on Tuesday for a meeting in Culver City? Um, let's see. We have uh, something in West Hollywood at 1. Why do all these people have offices on the West Side? I don't know. Everyone needs to be in the Valley. I know. Let's make that a policy. Okay. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 19 years, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. This week, we're talking about free work. We all do it, and we all resent it, but should we? Then in our mailroom segment, we have a letter about passion. Is it fair to expect people to feel passionate about their work all the time? Then we have an LVS, Liz versus Sarah, that's a throwback to the 80s. And Liz has been her own guinea pig for a hair-related Hollywood hack. And I must say, Liz, your hair is looking great. Well, I'm working on it. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, Sarah, let's dive into From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's free work. Yes. Free work is something we're not used to lately because we've been in deals, but it is something that TV writers and feature writers do a lot. Um, in fact, it was funny, last night, after we were planning this segment, uh -huh. I saw a post on free work on one of the Facebook groups that we're in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, right now we're in this whole thing with the ATA, and and there are many uh, Facebook groups of writers connecting to other writers. And someone was asking about whether a series document should be free. And apparently no is the answer. Yeah, the funny thing is, of course, we've written many series documents. We never knew you were supposed to be paid for them. <laughs> so news to us. Um, but th here's the thing. There's so much work that's done before something is sold. So when we talk about, oh, we have all these opportunities, well, each opportunity comes with a massive amount of work, a lot of which has to be done with, before you know if you're going to make a dime. Absolutely. And we should say this is not just a Hollywood thing. Many people in many different industries go through a similar process. We were talking about architects, for yes. example, who may have to, in order to get a commission on a building, do a whole design and do a whole model. And a whole, I mean, it could cost 
tens of thousands of dollars or more, I would imagine. Yeah, and then they may not get the job, in which case they're just out that money and the time. Yes, in that case, of course, it's probably corporate money. True. Not like your salary money, but still. Well, designers, I mean, I think interior decorators and designers have to do free work to get jobs often. I mean, there's many times when we all do free work. And for us, it's coming up with pitches is the most you know, it's it's reading, research, and coming up with pitches. Yeah. We don't have to spend any money on that. Yes, that's the good news. <laughs> yeah, it's all our brain energy. Yes, it's just our own time. <laughs> um, but our time is valuable, yeah. we like to think. Um, so we might spend weeks working on a pitch. And yeah. then if it, I mean, this has happened to us where it doesn't sell, and then that time is gone. We developed a pitch that ABC asked for, specifically asked for the pitch. We spent tons of time and energy on it, pitched it to them, and they were like, no. Yeah. We're like, no, it's exactly what you asked for. Yeah. So we've done it before. We'll, we're doing it now. Um, and what we want to do is not feel any resentment about it. Right. And I will say, we're doing stuff we like. Yeah, that helps a lot. It helps so much. Like, the creative process is really our favorite part of the job. Just thinking and spinning and exploring and coming up with characters. And, like, yes. that's fun. Our job is fun. Yes, it is a fun job and we enjoy it. Whether we're getting paid for it or not. Yes. We would <laughs> do it for free. And yes. we are right now. <laughs> Uh, Well, one thing that helps me not resent doing free work is remembering Jenna Fisher's philosophy. Um, Jenna Fisher, we had her on the podcast to talk about her amazing book, The Actor's Life, A Survival Guide. Recommend it to anybody in L.A. or anywhere. It's just fantastic. But she has a philosophy that it takes 50 no's to get to a yes. And so that, to me, says... Everything we're doing is getting us toward that next job. So whether it ends up amounting to an actual job slash paycheck or not, it's getting us closer to what will be our next job. Yes. And in that sort of list of no's, I'm including the things that we say no to. Yes. Because there's it's sort of a two-sided thing. We get all of these yes. uh pitches and IP to read. And some of it is us saying, no, that's not the right thing for us right now. And some of it is us going after stuff and people saying, no, we don't think you're right for this. Yes. And now, of course, I'm hoping everything we spend hours and hours and hours on sells and goes on to great success. Um, But if it doesn't, we just know that that was a process we had to go through. Yes. And of course, we're trying to kind of minimize the the free work by being strategic about the work we take on. Yes. And Sarah, we do have to mention, though, as much as we're saying it's okay to do free work, it's a very controversial subject in Hollywood. Because as time has gone on, companies have expected more and more free work from writers. So while a certain amount is acceptable, i.e. coming up with a pitch, um, people should not be doing free drafts and free polishes and free series documents and all of those things. So we're in no way advocating taking advantage of anyone. We're just saying that when you're out there hustling, you got to put in the time not necessarily knowing the result. Yes. Um, Do you find yourself doing a lot of free work? How do you handle it? What is your limit? 
We want to know. Email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com or send us a voice memo. We love to hear your voices. Coming up, a mailroom question that questions the expectations about passion. But first, this break. I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local Local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. And now it's time for our mailroom segment. We have a question all the way from Sydney, Australia. Lauren wrote, in the most recent episode, I heard you say that in Hollywood, everyone wants to see your passion. I wondered if you might reflect on this required passion and how you muster the enthusiasm when you're really not feeling it. I work in a thoroughly different industry. I'm a speech pathologist. I work with kids. But I feel like whenever I see an ad for a position or a bio on a website, there's really an expectation that the person loves their job, that they should be passionate about it. I'm not sure that's really fair. There are going to be days, weeks, months, years when people aren't feeling it, and that doesn't necessarily mean they can't do their job. Interested to hear your thoughts on this one. Well, this is a great question. So thank you, Lauren. Um, First of all, I mean, there's different kinds of passion, right? Right. I mean, there's the day-to-day passion, which you cannot always feel. No, absolutely not. But then there's also the kind of overall passion for what you do, which I think people should feel in a general overall sense. It's like you don't have to always love your job every single moment and every single day. But ideally, you have a job that, like, you do on on a basic level feel passionate and excited about. Yes, if you have the luxury to sort of go after your dreams and choose what you want to do in life, it's good to pick something that you're going to have a general passion for. Yeah, especially if you're working with people, you know, like if you yeah. are in an environment where you have to constantly be dealing with other human beings. <laughs> <laughs> You can tell that's not what I do. Mm -hmm. I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to have to deal with people all the time. But um, (laughs) sorry. Um, Then I think it's good to like to like that human connection. Right. Whether you're a clerk dealing with a line of people who have problems or a speech pathologist working with kids. For example. Um, Anyway, it's ideal to have it. We can't always live up to it. And I think you're right that you can still do your job. Yeah. Well, and there are a lot of jobs where you don't have to have that passion, mm-hmm. where you're just kind of there to accomplish what needs to be accomplished and move on to the next part of your life and where the job 
pays for the things that you're passionate about. Right. This is, I think, a very millennial thing. Mary yes. talks about this. It's a very kind of millennial approach to my job just allows me to have the things that I am passionate about yes. in my life. I mean, okay. Yeah, and I think that, you know, if you're Lauren and you're going in for a job interview and someone wants to feel the passion, I think one thing you can muster passion for is doing a good job. Right. So even if if you want to display passion and you're not feeling that passionate right now about your career choice, I still think you can be passionate about showing up every day and, you know, being an A student. Yes. But, of course, we all do have jobs we're not passionate about. I was in grad school. I was a uh, a hostess at Olive Garden. <laughs> I, I cannot say that I muster a lot of passion about yes. it. But it helped you pay for grad school. It absolutely did. And I was a receptionist when I first graduated, Sarah. I was not a good receptionist. <laughs> um, in fact, uh, people would call and then they would ask, uh, you know, whoever they had called for, like, is something wrong with your receptionist? She sounds <laughs> depressed. So I was told I had to be, you know, more chipper. <laughs> you had to appear more passionate. <laughs> but I was working at a company that published young adult books, and I was really passionate about yes. the books. And I would read them all the time, and it led to me being quickly promoted, largely because nobody wanted me as the receptionist. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, I wasn't passionate about answering the phone, but I was passionate about the world I was in. Yes. I will say also one of the things that we really love about working in TV is that the vast majority of people who work in TV are really passionate mm -hmm. about it. You know, you can't work on a television crew or a film crew for 16 plus yeah. hours a day and not love it. Yes. I will say you will never find a more passionate person than a prop master. Oh, my God. My the, favorite the, people in the yes, world the are prop people masters. People who find, like, this is going to be the stapler that she's <laughs> using or, you know, this is the um, document that she's reading. Whatever it is, these prop masters display an insane amount of passion. Yeah. It always blows us away. It really does. I love it. It helps. Like, it excites me. Yeah, Sarah, I didn't expect to be so passionate about this answer. I know. We're passionate about passion. Yes, exactly. We are. So let's carry that passion into our next mm. segment. LVS, Liz versus Sarah, in which we discuss slash debate, something we don't necessarily agree on. And today, Liz, it is roller skating. Yes, you have recently taken up roller skating. <laughs> Which I don't understand. <laughs> okay, so I'll, the background on this is that one of Violet's friends um, had a roller skating birthday party at Skateland in mm. Northridge. And it was my favorite birthday party ever. <laughs> Everybody skated. Parents skated. Kids skated. And somehow, like, it brought something out in me that I haven't felt since mm. I was I, since you were 12. at Fantasyland uh, <laughs> in greater KCMO. Exactly. It was like, it was just fun. It was just pure fun. And so I was trying to convince you to take Jack and Adam roller skating. You could not be less interested. No, I was like, <laughs> I do not want to roller skate. I do not want to fall on my ass. Um, I have no interest. And it, But it made me think about like skiing. Yes. Because one thing my sister talks about, Gretchen Rubin, co-host of Happier with Gretchen Rubin, is that 
um, if you go back to things that you found fun when you were 10, it's good to do them now. Yeah. Um, and so skiing is something I really enjoyed as a child. Um, and I we have not yet taken jack skiing. But here's the thing, and this is where the LVS comes in, because yeah. roller skating is in that same category, something that was fun when we were 10. Um I feel it's more evolved of me if I admit to myself that I don't want to ski and that it's okay for me to go to Mammoth and just read, you know, by the fire and drink coffee as opposed to getting out on the mountain. Right. Which I understand. I like I I get that like if you don't feel you have to do it, then you're more likely to kind of provide that experience for Jack. Yes. It's like right now, we probably partly haven't gone skiing because I don't want to have to ski. Uh-huh. Whereas if I didn't think I had to ski, I would be like, oh, yeah, Jack, let's go up right. let's to, go Mammoth. to Mammoth. And he could go to ski school and yeah. I could enjoy myself. But I also think, like, what do we do? And and this is what I love about the, like, the do something you did when you were 10 mm-hmm. thing is, like, what do we do that's just pure fun that isn't like toward a larger goal mm. or contributing to some career thing right like roller skating is just fun i am not trying to accomplish anything right, but right. not fall on my ass i am trying to accomplish yeah, that yeah. um it's great exercise but like we hike for exercise and i like hiking i really enjoy mm-hmm. it but it's there's a purity to things like roller skating mm-hmm. And, like, skiing, I'll just say, it's a little different because you do have to, like, you have to get the clothes and the suit up and the the this and the that and all of that, like, and go up a mountain and it's cold and whatever. But, like, what do we do as adult people that's just, like, fun? It's a good question. Do the real housewives count? (laughs) (laughs) Does the unadulterated joy I get from watching every single Real Housewives franchise count? It might. It might. The Real Housewives might be your roller skating. It might be. Um, Or like doing your nails. Maybe you need to go back to like just like that time when you would just like sit and... Remember most of high school? I (laughs) did my nails like every day at school. I was obsessed with painting my nails. I know my niece Ava right now is very into doing her nails, and it um, it reminds me of myself. Yes, exactly. I will always remember you sitting on the couch at Kingman House, just leisurely painting your nails. So maybe watching TV and painting my nails is fun (laughs) for me, but I am not going to join you in the roller skating um, world because it just isn't appealing to me. But it's so great. And I will also just, if it changes your mind, I know it won't, but I'm going to tell you anyway, they do have these little things for grownups that help you stand up. They're like you know, PVC pipe, yeah, roller skating walkers. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That that you can kind of, you know, so you can get your your sea legs. Ah, all right. Well, we'll continue to discuss this. Still a no. All right. (laughs) Listeners, what do you do purely for fun? Do you want to take the challenge of taking on something new like me or are you more like Liz? And would it be better for you to just take the pressure off? Let us know. Send us an email or a voice memo. We'd love to hear your voices. 
to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Coming up, I share my hair Hollywood hacks. But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, it is time for this week's Hollywood Hack, and it's all about doing your own hair. Yes. So, you know, I'm a big believer in blowouts. I love getting blowouts. You recruited me to dry bar. I did. But here's the thing. There is a limit to how many blowouts (laughs) I can get, okay, both for time and money. So right now, you and I are doing what um, people refer to as the water bottle tour, where you go all around town and have a million meetings. We have meetings almost daily. At least one. At least one a day. And I really like to have my hair blown out for meetings because my hair looks so much better. But I've decided I can't get my hair blown out constantly. Every single day. Therefore, I'm doing it myself, but I want it to look good. Mm -hmm. So I have found a couple of devices that I think really help with having good hair. So I'm going to share them. Excellent. Okay, the first one is the John Frieda Hot Airbrush. And I believe someone in our Happier in Hollywood Facebook group told me about this months ago. So thank you to that person. Well, Um, and I got one for Violet. Oh, yes, that's right. you know, little girl hair in the morning is sometimes a little crazy. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And it's only like $40. And what this is, it's a round brush slash um, blow dryer. So you brush your hair as you are blowing it out or as you're blowing it dry and it makes it smooth. You know what? I actually got something different for Violet. Oh. I'm now realizing from the same Facebook post, though. Ah. I got a, it's a brush that warms up. Yes. It doesn't blow air, but it warms up. Oh, interesting. It's wonderful also. Okay. Don't know what it is, but. I don't have, like, you know, the brand. Yes. But it's great. Okay, good to know. I might be another thing for me to, to, <laughs> exactly. me to get. Um, so that's the John Frieda Hot Air Brush. And some of them spin and some of them do not. Wow. Now, mine does not spin because I have found in the past I, I had a spinning hot air brush. Uh-huh. And my hair would, like, get incredibly tangled. Um, so I no longer use a spinning one. But if you're more... Um, adept than I am, perhaps the spinning one would be even better for you. Um, Okay. And then the other product, and this one, 
I'm super excited about, and this has really been my secret hair weapon. Okay. It's from Dry Bar, and it's called the Wrap Party Curling and Styling Wand. Okay, what this is, Sarah, is it is a, it looks a lot like a standard curling iron, uh-huh. but it doesn't have like the thing that you, you kind of, the clip part. Oh. So it's just the wand. It's just a hot wand. And you wrap your hair around it, and it gives you beachy waves. So, like a a traditional curling iron or hot rollers are to give you that sort of— Like a spirally kind of curl? Well, no. They're really to give you the more of, like— the like TV hair, I would say, you know, where like it's, a spirally kind of, girl. I guess. <laughs> um, yes. Um, this is to give you a more casual, beachy wave. Uh huh. Um, so it's like straight on the end. Is it bigger? No, it's smaller, actually. Oh. Um, now, I will say you have to be careful because these things you can really burn yourself on. Sometimes I actually use a glove, uh-huh. um, you know, to, to protect my hand. Um, <laughs> but I've been practicing with it. It's expensive. This is $165, so it's a commitment. But yeah. a blowout is $50. So if I just, right. if it saves me three blowouts, which it's already saved me at least a dozen blowouts, you know, it, it's well worth the money. And you and your beach waves look just like Kate Hudson, Liz. Oh, well, thank you. Dead ringer. Uh, That's what everyone tells me. (laughs) So weird. (laughs) At least in my hair. (laughs) And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thank you to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and the new podcast from Whole30's Melissa Urban, Do The Thing. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at SFain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Sarah, you realize this roller skating stint could end in disaster. Oh, I know. Violet pulled me down the last time we went, and I'm like, my shoulder is <laughs> like, I'll never recover. But it's so fun. When I visit you in the hospital, I'm going to say I told you so. I know, you can gloat. From the Onward Project. <laughs>